Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds arise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Oh, the land of a cloudless day. Oh, the land of an uncloudy day. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. <clears throat> I want to say to you this morning, it is a sad situation that we find ourselves in, that we cannot worship the Lord in his church house. Well, we can set aside the time as the Lord has required of us to give him praise, to give him honor, and to give him glory. And so this morning, just for a little while, we're going to set aside some time for our Lord and our God, whom we love. And so I know some of us expect to live the Christian life with a cloudless day. Oh, but we can't. That is not the whole matter of our lives as Christians. And so in the context of a virus that they have told us that we need to stay apart and not gather together, here we are in our respective homes, our respective places, far away from each other. And I want to say to you this morning, and sooner or later, we're going to have to get together. But nevertheless, for today, we're going to sing of God's gratefulness, and then I'll share with you a message. I'm not going to hold you too long, but nevertheless, you should hear word from the Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Thou failest not thy compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
summer and winter and spring springtime and harvest sun moon and stars in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness mercy and love great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me pardon for sin and a peace that endureth <clears throat> thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand beside great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thine hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me eternal god our father again in the name of jesus our hearts are gathered together through though we be remote from one another lord it is our desire to praise you to honor you and to glorify you and sanctify this day unto you according to thy great word now lord we are out of balance and thou knowest we're not where we should be and thou knowest and lord for the time being oh god we are trying to work with those who are in authority over us nevertheless oh god we know a time may come that we must disobey according to thy word that we should obey you rather than man <clears throat> you have told us in your word and it is clear when you say unto us <clears throat> that we are to fear not for the world has much to fear and even for the saints we have to fear you as well for fear is the beginning of wisdom but we're not to fear man disease pestilence or sword for thy word is true according to romans 
<clears throat> that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And so we know that you love us and we know that you care for us, whatever our state of being might be, whether, oh God, we be fighting cancer. And so we pray for the Jackson family, oh God, and the others, oh God, who have found cancer in their bodies. <clears throat> or it be, dear Master, sickness or disease or pain in the bodies of our fellow believers at Faith Baptist Church. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you heal their bodies, O oh God, as only you know how. And we know you have the power. We know, God, <clears throat> that you can fix it for all of us. Lord, likewise, O oh God, even that we're at the precipice of losing ourselves, we pray for Sister Bernie and asking, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, you bring her to the, herself and heal her. Oh God, as only you know how. Again, oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you've already done. It is a great work that you've kept all of us, and I've not gotten any uncertain phone calls. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for all of the members of Faith Baptist Church and even for this world, though we have done that which is evil in your sight, so we cannot even continue in prayer without saying, forgive us for our sins and cleanse us, O God, from all unrighteousness. O Lord, thou knowest. And so, O God, this from the sincerity of our hearts, we say, forgive us for our sins there. There's so much we have fallen short. And yet, O God, we have to even ask that you forgive us for our sin of not even striving for perfection, not striving to be the best, not striving to get closer, not striving, oh God, in this life to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. So we pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, <clears throat> help our hearts, help our minds, help our souls, Help our spirits, as only you know how. Now, Lord, we will give you the praise. We will give you the honor. We will give you the glory. And, Lord, you know I don't make much mention of this whole matter of this disease that's flowed over this planet because there has been disease amongst us for a while. 60,000 a year die from the flu, and we never say a word no. in this country alone. And others die from cancer and heart disease, an automobile accident, so God, that exceed even the numbers that we hear now from this virus. And yet, it seems as though, God, there's this fear that struck in men's hearts. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for those that are in hospital rooms suffering from this disease and others. We pray for those, O oh God, that provide the care. We pray, O oh God, in the name of Jesus for the families, O oh God, that can no longer stand by the bedside. And again, O oh God, we pray in Jesus' name for those who cannot even grieve properly. It's an interesting thing, O oh God that in the earth now, 
You will not even let the bodies be entombed. Instead, you have them set afire as all of the heathen do. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Have mercy upon us in this day. Lord, they cry about the death that is done alone with no one around. Again, it is your hand sweeping upon this earth again. More than likely, oh God. While Satan cackles with laughters of joy and the misery of men. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Revive us again as only you know how. Father, we love you. Father, we praise you. Father, we honor and glorify you. For it is in the master's name of Jesus that we indeed pray. Amen, amen, amen. As you know, I always sing my favorite song, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a prayer. Just fountain free to all the healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain in the cross. In the cross, be my glory ever, till my rapturous soul shall find rest. Beyond the river, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we need to hear a word from you. Wherever we are on the face of this earth, oh God, we need to hear a word from you. And so likewise, oh God, as a called out one called to be minister, to minister unto your people and to be an under-shepherd, a pastor, a shepherding of the sheep, oh God, you have called upon me again to preach thy word. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that again you would use me as your instrument 
as only you know how. Use my mind, use my heart, and use all of my being. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For you are my Lord, you are my strength, and you are my Redeemer. It is in your blessed, holy, and righteous name that I indeed pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> I want you to open up your Bible to Mark chapter 6. That is Mark chapter 6. And you know the question I've got to ask you all the time? That question is, I hope you have read your Bible every day. I hope you have. <laughs> well, let's look at what the Word of God says today. In Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. And the Bible says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus, and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had and, and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come aside into a desert place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by boat secretly. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot out of all cities, and went before them, and came together unto him. And Jesus went, and Jesus, when he came out, saw the people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred <coughs> denarii worth of bread, and give them to eat? And he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties, and when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes. He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples and set, them bef set before them and the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fish and they did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. 
This morning, I want to speak to you about the whole matter again of the example of Christ. And this message is the compassion of our Lord as our example. The compassion of our Lord as our example. You know, again, we find ourselves in a strange place and a strange time. Many of you have said in the months and years that have gone by, I've never seen this before. I've never been in a time like this before. And some of us have said, oh, I can't believe that people are doing this or that. And now we have reached another aspect of the doings of men. And that is the doings of God in reaction to the doings of men. I have already shared with you the messages of the judgments of God. Again, there is an eerie quietness about this matter in Christian circles. There's a lot of fear knots being preached from many pulpits in this day. There's a lot of God love you, love you messages being preached today. And there are a lot of messages being preached about we can get through this. Interestingly, there is not much at all being said about repentance. I wonder why. Has not the entire world thrown away the the scriptures and what the scriptures said and turn their backs on what God has said regarding what is right and what is wrong? Is it a fact that time and time and time after time we keep hearing what people do, what they want to do, how they want to do, and how they are living their lives in opposition to the word of God? Oh, we clearly now do what is right in our own eyes. And no doubt the words spoken to Israel by Isaiah are true today. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 23, the Bible says, Which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteousness from him. That is what is happening in this hour. We can't even speak about the whole matter of wickedness and the evil that's in this land. People want you to shut up and be quiet, knowing all around us how wicked and evil this place has become. Matter of fact, when you get a chance, read Isaiah and Ezekiel for yourself. And hear the words of the Lord to an ungodly nation. We have an ungodly nation. We have an ungodly world. We've even had presidents tell us we're no longer, we're not a Christian nation. Never was a Christian nation. You know, this world is kind of funny. When in fact, many of the tenets by which we live by across the face of this earth has been <clears throat> constructed by what God has said in our hearts. So no matter where we are in this world, all of our hearts tend towards the truth of Scripture and the Ten Commandments which God gave to a Hebrew nation 
on, on <clears throat> carved into tablets of stone on purpose because he had already carved it into our fleshly hearts such that no man shall have an excuse. You know, the Bible says to us that judgment starts at the house of the Lord. Yes, it does. And interestingly, that across this nation, church buildings are closed everywhere. I find that quite interesting. And scripture lets me know that wickedness is to not to is tolerated for a little while before there is judgment. In our upcoming Bible study, which will be coming to you soon, I hope, by WebEx, we're going to pursue this whole matter more closely about judgment. I know we've been studying the book of Exodus, but we're going to put a pin in that and pause for a moment just to take a look at judgment itself and how we get where we are. But to get back on track with the matter of Jesus as our example in times like these, let us continue to see our Lord and follow him in these times of judgment. And I mean that sincerely. These are times of judgment. You know, sometimes you can't see it coming. Sometimes you in the midst of it. And then after a while, you get a clear understanding God is not going to allow us to just live any old kind of way, do anything in front of his face without him reacting. And so we as Christians have a duty, we have a responsibility to be priests in this world, to uh, be the light in this world, and we're to be salt unto the earth. And so if we walk like Jesus, if we talk like Jesus, if we live like Jesus, we shall be what Jesus wants us to be in these, the last days. And I mean that these are the last days. I know they've been saying it for at least a couple of thousand years. But the fact of the matter is we're getting closer to the end than we were the day before. Nevertheless, the scriptures tell us that the Lord Jesus did not condemn the world, for the world is condemned already. So no matter how much a person has or does not have, without being born again, those persons live lives <clears throat> the best that they can and make the most of it. But the most of it, unfortunately, will be spent in trouble just like the Lord said it would. It would be trouble and difficulty. And for many of those who do not know Christ, they shall never experience the wonderful life that we shall have in Jesus. Our Lord's example for us is how to sojourn here graciously how to sojourn as pilgrims passing through. And so the thing that the Lord has placed on my heart in this, in this hour is the compassion of our Lord. We see in the text in verses 32 through 36, the Bible says, and they departed into a desert place. Uh, <clears throat> 
And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot out of all the cities, and <clears throat> went before them, and came together unto him, to them. And Jesus, when he came out, saw many people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Well, first, I want you to see the state of mind, uh, the state of the masses of people. The text begins us to tell us that Jesus departed to a desert place. I want you to know that Jesus never did anything without purpose. And so his, de his departing to a desert place was on purpose. And so as we look into the text, it seems to be talking about, it seems to be showing us this desert place for context. See, there's a general state of mind of mankind. It is in a place that does not really support life. Many of our brothers and sisters are living for the weekend. It's a desert place. We work so we can be entertained or we work for temporary pleasure to have to do it all over again. It's kind of funny how the Lord has nobody working right now. And for some of us, the weekend is all about my winning team. And for others of us, it's the girls' night out or the drinking of a cool one. There's a general context for all mankind. All mankind is working to try to get out of something. And, you know, all of this working doesn't bring us life. All of these things dry up. Our entertainment dries up. Our teams win, but then they lose. We have the girls' night out, but then we have the girls' night in. There's a drinking a cool one, and there's no drinking a no cool one. So again and again and again, there's work, entertainment, work and rest, work and leisure. And the cycle continues, but in and of themselves, there is no life. On the other hand, there are those of us that are supposed to live for higher things in life. It's another desert place. Some say, if I just had a husband, or if I just had a wife, or if I just had a boyfriend, or I just had a girlfriend, my life would be fulfilled. And so that's what life is all about. Some of us, and I know some of y'all laughing at this moment, think about money. Money is the end all and be all. If I just had enough money, I would have more life. I want to tell you, at the end of the day, no matter what we find in this life, this life is a desert, desert place. We are in the land of the dying. All of us, no matter what we do, no matter how long we do it, we are in a desert place. So Jesus leads this crowd to the desert place. You know, when Jesus leads them to a desert place, it's, it's kind of interesting what happens next. Seeing they had no shepherd, 
He leads them as the shepherd, and he leads them as a shepherd to a desert place, and in a desert place, you can't hear anything. In a desert place, you can't have anything. But what? Why does he do this? Well, I say to you this morning so that they will hear him. They need to hear him because he leads them to a desert place to teach them. You know, right now, I think there's some lessons being taught in this world. That God has led us to a desert place. You don't go nowhere. It's a desert place. You can't do It's a desert place. He wants us to hear him. He wants us to look at our lives and see how we are really living. You know, the text says that the Lord has compassion on them. And I looked at that and I said, you know, it's interesting. His compassion starts with leading them to a desert place. And once he gets them to the desert place, he teaches them. He doesn't give them anything else but what? The word of God. The Bible tells us my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. You know, I want to tell you this morning, you cannot have life until you know what life is all about. Let me say that again. You can't have life until you know what life is all about. In our community and in our world, there's a lot of living, but without life. Whether they're living on yachts, eating and drinking, whether they're partying, smoking reefer, it doesn't matter. The foolishness of our hour is to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. So we spend millions of dollars on clothing and millions of dollars on cards and millions of dollars on food and millions of dollars on this, that, and other. And let me not forget, Millions of dollars are consumed on drugs and sex in this country, all of which doesn't bring life. In the desert place, the text tells us that Jesus taught them many things. Isn't that profound? He takes them all out of the city into the desert, getting away from the crowd, they show up anyway, and so... And having compassion, he does what is so important. He teaches them many things. See, if you really want to have compassion like Jesus, you need to teach folk with a loving spirit. Real compassion is to teach people. One of the uh, most abominable things to me that has happened to us as black people as down through the generation, people keep handing us stuff. They give us food stamps. Uh, they give us houses. They even give us loans. The sad part is we already know the truth. If you teach a man how to grow food, he won't have to ask for none. But all along, we keep taking the handouts, expecting things to get better. That's not life. That's not even living. We're subsisting off of what somebody else gives us. But that's a thought for another day. We are to be teachers as Christians. To be real compassion. Not with brashness or harshness, but with the realization 
They are foolish sheep without a shepherd heading towards destruction. We have been blessed as Christians to get the knowledge of God. The, the whole matter of the mind of God, the whole matter of the will of God, not just anybody, but the infinite God with all power in his hand has related to us the truth. No man can understand the scriptures unless he's been born again. We are the ones that are born again. And so to be like Jesus, we need to teach. You know, many of us are getting, uh, getting caught up with all we can get and canning all we can get and sitting on the can and then leaving the can for somebody else to throw the can away. Well, I want to tell you, we need to reverse some of the canning. It's true that the scripture says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children. Uh, but we have to be careful because Jesus put a framework around that. He says, if you gain the whole world, you can lose your soul. So we're not to chase the whole world. It's just enough. Leave something for your children, yes but not enough so that they can be bums and lay around. I like it when I hear some actors and actresses say, I'm not leaving nothing to my children. Well, that's, that's a bit too far, but certainly it should be never enough so that they don't have to work. But nevertheless, <clears throat> Jesus' compassion was to teach them the truth about life, the truth about life's reality. The truth about our destination. The truth about it all. It's true. There's a lot of things that we need to teach the unsaved about life itself. So they might reconsider. They may not listen. They may not obey it. They may not uh, execute. But if we're to have compassion... That's what we should do to be like Jesus. The Bible tells us that he taught them, but later on, the, the Bible, the Lord says to his own disciples, and their, far, their hearts are far from me. But nevertheless, he taught them anyhow. You and I can be like our Lord by having compassion and teaching the truth in a dry and desert land. And this is a dry land. We have plenty, but it's still dry. We're looking for life, but life has escaped us. It's becoming clearer now with this virus in the air uh, how much life really means to us. In verses 36 through 42, the Bible says to us, that Jesus here in this desert place, it says, Send them away that they may go into the country round about. Let me go back to verse 35. And when the day was now as far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far spent. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them to eat? 
And he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make them all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks a hundred and by hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. This is another aspect of our Lord's compassion. And the compassion that the Lord has is towards the body and the soul of men. Here, the disciples, from one aspect, see their limitations, and another aspect just bids them go away. Go get yourself, go get yourself something to eat. We don't gave you the word. It is interesting. The text tells us that the day was far spent. All day long, Jesus taught them. And now, after teaching them, the disciples just say, go away. I want to tell you, not only is the crowd brought to new realizations about life in a desert place, but now the disciples are about to come to an another realization in this desert place. And that's about the body and about the soul. See, the material world, Jesus admonished us about it and tells us about it through his compassionate interaction with it. On the one hand, on the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus tells us not to worry about our bodies. He says, why do you worry so? Your father have knowledge of what you need and he will provide it. But on the other hand, now Jesus talks to us about the body and souls of men in the desert place. You know, time and time again, if you look at the scriptures, it tells us of Jesus' compassion about the body. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 2, the Bible says, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Do you see it? Compassion about the body. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse 34, the scriptures tell us, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. And that was for the ten men who are blind. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 41, the Bible says, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand. He touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And in Mark chapter 9 and verse 22, the Bible says, And oft times it had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The scriptures record the demoniac's parents did receive compassion for he healed the man who had the legion of demons. 
Jesus had compassion on crowds of people and on the individuals and cared for them all. He was always in touch. He touched their infirmities. He touched people with their his hands. He touched people who were hurting. He touched people with his caring. He cared. He cared about the hurt souls of people. He cared about the lack of people. The first, don't forget, he taught the people. It's one thing to teach them, but it's another matter to touch them. And so in his compassion, he touched them. You know, there's a lot less of the right kind of touch in this world today. As a matter of fact, Satan has made it so evil. We don't even want to touch one another. And it's gotten so bad with the disease of this world that we can't even touch one another to receive stuff from them, the things that we ought to have with this virus. But nevertheless, I want to tell you today that we can be like Jesus and we can do likewise. Our hearts can heal other hearts with words of sympathy and care. Our, heart, our hands can heal others with a simple kind of touch, the giving of a meal or a helping hand. Our ears can heal by just being a listening and caring ear. Our lives can heal through persistent prayer for the helpless, the broken, and desperate lives of others. We can sit with others and just be a compassionate friend a compassionate stranger, and wiping tears away. Compassion like Jesus is thinking of others before ourselves. Compassion of Jesus' kind is doing for others as we recognize the reality of their lives. And so Jesus teaches us not only that we are to teach in our compassion, but we should act in our compassion. To feed, to help, to touch, to care, and to be loving. That helps the body, and that helps the soul. The final thing that Jesus tells us is found in the last few verses of the text. In verse 42 and verse 44, the Bible says, And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fish. And they did eat of the loaves. And those that ate of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Never mind the women and children, but it does say the 5,000 men, and it should say, and besides women and children. At least that's what the other gospel writers say. Mark <clears throat> is a brief writer. So what's in this? What, what do we find here in these verses? Well, I want to tell you, most of the time it's preached this way, and, and that's fine. But there is, uh, there, there is here the miracle working power of Jesus' compassion. Do you see it? There's a miracle going on here. His compassion 
goes much further than the whole matter of his teaching and his whole matter of feeding. For in this compassion, and the example that he gives us, has a twofold effect. It affects us and affects others. See, in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, the Bible says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. Let me read that to you again. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 32, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. See, we are the subject of the Lord's compassion towards us each and every day of our lives. We cannot live without his compassion towards us. The disciples just said, go away with no compassion. Jesus is now teaching them, you need to have compassion. Don't you see the state of the people? Likewise, we need to consider ourselves in the whole matter of God's compassion towards us. Should we not have compassion towards others? You know, the more compassionate we are towards others, the clearer it becomes how compassionate towards us God is. He's compassionate towards us. He looks out for us. He hears our cries. He hears our calls. He feels our pain. He is compassionate towards us. And thus, they do not fail every time when our needs are there. He shows his mercy towards us, even though we have not done all that we should have done. And you know, there are plenty of folks out there now who are not doing what they should do. But it's like his compassion does not fail towards us, neither should our compassions fail towards others. Finally, when we live out the control of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live like Jesus with compassion, we see another aspect of the miracle of compassion. Not only the miracle that God has had compassion towards us and that we're not consumed because of our evilness, but there is something else I've seen. We see it in the text as well. You know, every time you try to do something for someone else in compassion, I want you to see how God gives you the increase. You know, the Bible says they started out with five loaves and two fishes, but as they handed them out in the name of Jesus, 5,000 men besides women and children were fed, and 12 baskets remained of the fragments. If you want to really see a miracle in your life, just give to others out of compassion. And not only will you see the compassionate smile of others, the empathy that comes across because you care about others and you help others in your life with a compassion towards them, you'll see that God will add to you. He'll just keep giving you stuff and giving you stuff because he knows that you understand his compassions towards you. And likewise, he sees that you are compassionate to others and 
he sees that your love for him is an overflow to the love of others. So if we're going to be like Jesus in this day, and it is an evil day, our hearts need to be open. We need to be compassionate. We need to teach. We need to see that people are in the desert place, and this is a dry and desert place. We need to have compassion and teach them the truth. Not yelling at them or screaming at them. Just let them see the truth. That's all our job commands of us. We can save nobody. All we can do is to spread the good news. Teach them. Teach them the truth of Christ. Teach them the truth of life. Teach them the truth. That without Christ we have not life. We live but. We're almost like the animals, and that's what the devil has gotten us to do, to live just like animals. We're not full of life. We're just living. And he's called us animals, and we have taken that hook, line, and sinker. So we just live for the weekend. So to you, my brothers and sisters, I just want to say to you today, let us all live with compassion. And that ends my message for you today from the Lord. Well, I know some of you are saying, Reverend, what are we going to do next Sunday? I know you already. I know you. I know you. I know you. Well, the Lord has laid uh, certain things on my heart about uh, Palm Sunday. And I just want to deal with Palm Sunday I will be reaching out to you by text message. I'll be reaching out to you by a hopefully conference call and an other announcement. So you'll know what we'll do next Sunday before next Sunday gets here. It is a high portion of the season for the, for the church of Jesus Christ. And so I don't think that the Lord wants us, I'm sure of it, to let it go by as though nothing had occurred as Christians. But I'll give you more news about that in the next few days to come. Some of you are saying to me as well, because you're excited about giving your offering. I know you are. Well, we're setting up right now PayPal. I still don't have it figured out, but I promise you very soon, We will have PayPal figured out. I do have one announcement for the church. We have been blessed uh, to receive 50 hymnals. And I can't recall their names right now, and and I can't get to it because it's on my phone. But uh, as you may recall, uh, the elderly women that were at faith, that were under our watch care, were one of their, I should say, two of their daughters, of one of them that have passed, have given us hymnals, and we thank God for it. So I'm going to send a letter of thank you, but I'm going to ask that we put together a card so all can sign to say thank you as well. Nevertheless, be blessed. Sing God's praises. Read your Bible. 
every day.